Yeah, I'm getting to it, but I'm like, we just do it to ourselves, don't we, really? Yeah. Do it to yourself. Oh, you do. You do. That's why we Is that the one where they all lie down on the floor? It is, yeah. Oh, that's a good that's a good one. Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host has some explaining to do after recklessly jumping on a rival podcast midweek, a clear violation of his golden handcuffs agreement with Gravy Industries, and there will be consequences. Recordings of some of his most shocking outbursts will be leaked to the press, including him saying that Jack Nicholson was the best joker, Hamilton is just a history lesson delivered by Vanilla Ice, and that the best Star Wars film is the Ewok adventure. He has been warned. There is more to come, but he's here today, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad I jumped on an excellent Wednesday podcast. <laughs> I, I love that podcast. It's fantastic. Shout out to those guys. That was a lot of fun. I, I regret nothing. Oh. Cancel me, will you? <laughs> um, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You, you Unapologetic. Uh, turncoat uh doc, dr luke Gledall. well there we have it uh <laughs> would a turncoat and, and be working yourself as the, casting yourself as the edith piaf of uh of the wednesday podcasting world uh, <laughs> I, I i really don't get that reference but i'll uh i'll, I'll go research he's, it later he's the person that sang the regret nothing song okay i got you would a turncoat for this podcast, podcast, Rich, be working so tirelessly to go and get a sponsor for this show after Wednesday evening so badly? Uh, <laughs> nobody cares anymore. Anyway, I have a sponsor for us. So, so Wednesday fans, tired of the same old dishes being served up? Well, then why not make your fodder as direct as Pulis Ball to your front door? Chuff's Plate adds that delicious S6-tinged meals that will take you away from current doldrum diet to that wafting smell of Wednesday disappointment. How about Captain Fox Morgan's cushy Welsh rabbit? It's almost as deliciously rare as both his goal-scoring record for Wednesday and his Welsh roots. Fancy something exotic? Well, hop across the channel to the flatland but not flat cuisine of a Dutch. We think you will get briefly excited at the first taste of Chef Assias's Stroops Waffle. <laughs> And finally, fancy a modern take on the British classic? Well, we all know you just cannot beat Chef Potter's four-corner scouse pie. <laughs> Joss Plate, you'll have what you're served as you're a customer. Enjoy your food ball. Beautiful. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you've, you've gone out and got that excellent sponsor on board. Tailor-made for, uh, for this audience. And so, yeah, spot on. <laughs> Expect every meal to come with, as I've learned from HelloFresh, every meal comes with a lemon, which you always zest. Always zest a lemon. <laughs> That's what I've learned from HelloFresh is the next time I get free deliveries, it'll be full of lemons and I'll just be zesting lemons. 
Always be zesting. ABZ, yes. <laughs> Always zesting, never juicing. Let's get on to some news. Breaking hoo-hoos. The big, the biggest news, very surprising news. Hmm. Uh, new manager in post, and full disclosure, me and Luke thought it'd be a really good little ruse to sit down midweek before any matches had happened and talk through the new manager, what we thought, what was in prospect, what might change. Neither of us were very happy with that conversation, so we are talking about it fresh this weekend. <laughs> we talked about the fun of the podcast, and I said I remembered being really sounding really disinterested about something which I think deserves a bit more enthusiasm. So here we are talking about us again. So, yeah, Darren Moore. Yeah, so uh, official approach made sort of Friday. Uh, we're, we're led to believe and uh, accepted the job Sunday and, and announced announced on Monday. So Chilled on Tuesday. Chilled on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean... It's a huge surprise. It was a huge surprise. Uh, I think mm. we'd all kind of given up any hope of a new manager coming in. It's a long time since we talked through all those various options. Um, and I think we only felt that Moore was really on the list because he was sort of nearby rather mm. than being a, a realistic choice. Uh, but beyond that original surprise, what, what were your sort of initial thoughts? Um, there's a little bit of excitement. I think we're it's it's difficult to make an appointment in this stage when there's no there's no viewpoint or whether he would have had a, any control in actually doing any tinkering to the squad. Uh, I genuinely think it's a little bit foregone. It's mm. very much a last roll of the dice, which yeah. I, I you know I can be critical about and say it's a last roll of the dice, but there can be a bit of optimism that you know it could bring some change. You know, theoretically, statistically, it is a salvageable situation. I don't think it is, personally. And then, yeah, sorry. No, and then we've just had another two kind of results that have (laughs) since that appointment that have kind of just been more of the same. So it's obviously it's now six on the spin. But anyway, I maybe it gives us a bit of a lift. I think. I hope it gives the players a bit of a lift. I looking into Darren Moore, I like a lot of what I sound, you know, it sounds like he's about. Uh, finally, it seems like we've, we've gone to a manager who looks to knock it around a bit and kind of create chances and yep. kind of the history of kind of playing football where he scores more goals than we concede, which is a novel, novel it's concept for Sheffield novel. Wednesday. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lot of positives, a lot of things to like. I like his character. He seems very calm and collected. I really enjoyed his first press conference. I know there's a lot to be said about the PR of managers and what they do and what they come out with. Mm-hmm. So, again, I could well just be repeating a lot of stuff from from your, but he, <laughs> he seemed to kind of give them a lift, and it kind of felt like we would be going into that Rotherham game with going on the front foot and going at it. I think there's a couple of things, isn't there? Because you're right. I mean... It, even before this week and another two games sort of passing us by without any more points, it was looking, it's looking a increasingly desperate situation, but saying this is the last roll of the dice, the fact that a dice has been rolled and there is somebody to roll a dice is 
a positive that I don't I think we'd all kind of given up on. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself is 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 um it puts us in a more beneficial position than I think we were in prior to 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 the appointment. Um and I think if nothing else, and I I know well we'll get into our thoughts of the the Rotherham game, but mm-hmm. um that kind of gung-ho bit of decision making, I think on balance, most fans would rather you'd want you want to go out swinging, and I feel more comfortable that under more we're gonna at least have a go. We're not gonna we're yeah. not gonna just drift yeah. out of this league without mm-hmm. a peak. I worry, and I I suspect you know we well. I think we know enough about this squad of players. There's not this is not a latent behemoth of of championship football that just needs. Some dust blown off and a and a a bit of a shot in the arm and all of a sudden we'll we'll run yeah. through. This is a bad squad um, with bad decision making and almost every player the, has the ability to to sort of make a game ruining mistake. But but I, it feels like we'll at least we'll have a try. We'll have a go. And I was really feeling like that just wasn't going to happen uh, after the after the last sort of run of four or four games um so yeah you know, i think overall lots of positives sorry go on do you know the difference between sheffield wednesday and the moon is rich <laughs> no there's less clangers in the moon hey. yes <laughs> um but uh, yeah i think it's a progressive we've brought in a young manager my feeling always on this is that i would prefer a young manager with less you know what the ceiling is with a lot of these old merry-go-round plodders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you're going to get for better or worse and normally for worse. So somebody that has the propensity to grow and maybe grow with the role and, and build a name for himself here, that's an exciting thing. I hope he's given a chance. I suspect this season won't be wonderful, but I, th- <laughs> I hope he gets a chance to show enough and mm-hmm. gets a chance to to make a first go of it with us uh, next season in probably in, in league one. Um, so yeah, there we go. And anything else before we sort of talk about the, the Rotherham game is first game in charge. No, let's, let's get into it. Cause I think there's, there's one kind of caveat I have about, I think there's a, there's a lot of positives I will look at. I think there is one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit and i i think that came up a little bit in the rotherham game so i think that's the time to okay the transition <laughs> uh well so i think the the biggest news really for me when when we saw the team announced was that despite the fact he'd been a bright spark in our in our best half of football of the season uh, izzy brown was dropped back to the bench mm-hmm. um no Urugide as well. No Urugide either, uh, and we went to a four at the back, didn't we? For for the for the start of the game. Yes, which is <laughs> kind this is the of. Caveat, <laughs> um, it is a little bit. I did actually mention. I I will kind of preempt myself and say I do apologize if I repeat some stuff I said on uh, the Isles of Marrakesh this week because I, I think there's probably going to be a few of those views reheated up on on the podcast. We'll just be dinging them in the microwave. Um, on this episode, well, we've yeah. got the benefit of a second game to add a bit of color and texture, don't we? In those, in that. Oh case. yeah, oh yeah, beautiful, love it. Um, 
Yeah, the four, the four at the back is something he's very keen on. I guess that's the interesting thing is like we may still see a little bit of this um, from Darren Moore. Is that I don't know. Maybe we're always a bit deceived that all managers can tweak things and tinker with things mm. and go away from what they primarily like doing. Yeah. But I, but I guess we sh- probably shouldn't be surprised and maybe we should uh, give him, uh, I, I will suspend my disbelief regarding uh, some of the things that Darren Moore wants to do. Like, I think it's fine for him to start with what he thinks he wants to do. Because that's the it's thing. It's a preference, a personal preference of how it, you like the team to play. But exactly, um, exactly. A um, little bit concerned with Penny playing at left back. Yeah, you know, I because <laughs> I, I guess I feel like for a long time it's like we were kind of pretty shy on fullbacks, and then Morgan Fox left the club. I can't even remember who else we've had in history of left backs. I mean, that's probably going back to I always want to call him Rod Rod Gilbert. But that's not Royce Wiggins. Royce Wiggins. Royce five nine. <laughs> players plays along those lines. Players that we've signed for the left back role. Yeah. And then just haven't worked for whatever reason. Who've kind of left the club. So we don't really have any options there. So that's kind of led to the world of and, and Monk has crafted this this club and this squad so much with not many options in that regard. There's been a lot of players who are used kind of in a wing back berth. You know, we've been very keen on the four five two. Palmer's probably played left back I know. almost as much as he's played any other position over the last two seasons. I think so. And that's the funny thing. I mean, that kind of bridges in from the Rotherham game until today's game against Reading. You know, Palmer mm. was in that left back position and I'd probably end up putting him there. I think we've probably had better options at right back, including when he was fit, I offer a little bit. Yeah. I can't remember who even yeah. played right back when Palmer went to left back. We did have some people there, didn't we? Iolfa has played. Yeah, Iolfa has played there before his. Um... Obviously, there was a very, very brief Urihide moment last season. There was that too, and then yeah, the revelation of Iolfa in the middle sort of changed his uh, his trajectory. Mm. And obviously, Odebajo, who is Odebajo, um, of course, is a missing course. man at the moment. Yes, I, I forget that he's injured. Yeah, he's one of those players that you hear is injured, and you're like, oh, oh, I wonder why I hadn't seen him. Yeah, he got like, very quite badly injured, didn't he? I think he's needed surgery and sort of not been able to walk. And right, like right. And Van Aken has been injured for a long time as well. Yes. And Van Aken was obviously more of a converted to a left back. Yeah. But it's a lot of those options have, have sort of gone, haven't they? The it's options been... have gone. They're not particularly strong options, but they are options nonetheless. Mm. Which probably unfortunately spells out a lot of what we have with Sheffield Wednesday. Really, in terms I mean, of players, essentially there are not many places where you've got choices in this in this squad now. Mm. Between ability and availability, there's um, you know we've we've discussed a lot about Hutch or or, or um, Pelipesi. That's one of the very few options you have. That's <laughs> a choice that you can make. Yeah. Is two viable contenders for the same position. Neither of them are particularly wonderful choice, but um, they are two players that can play the same place. So it's a choice to be made. Uh, we don't really we don't have a choice at goalkeeper at the moment. We don't no. have really have much of a choice at centre back. Uh, right sided centre back. We've got choices at left sided centre back. I guess. Um, mm. Yeah. And in terms of what we have up front. <laughs> Yes, there are players that can play those positions, but as we 
talked about really there's it gets so much worse when you take the first choice off it's um i don't know how much of a choice you actually have in 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 most places in this squad uh but but the rotherham game so mm-hmm. so we started in in a lineup that is familiar to darren moore he likes his teams to play in certain ways and i think these first two games has been him kind of pushing his blueprint formation onto the players that we have available mm. and, and seeing what we get as a result of that. Um, and, I mean, it's Rotherham is, it was a pretty good, you'd think maybe a pretty good start point. Uh, it's a team that's in and around us. It's a team that, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a six-pointer, isn't it, um, in terms of the, the relegation battle. So a good start point for a manager in a way. Uh, and I think we started fairly... Well, uh, you know, Patterson had a, 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 a shot, a chance that went wide. Mainly, sort of set pieces were the, the chances. Um, but unfortunately, it's just silly mistakes and cut that cost us again and again. And so, seventeen minutes in, a, a player who is six two, six three, uh, sneaks into the middle of the box unnoticed uh, you know r- rumors that tom lee's had a sibling who p- who played hide and seek with him and has never been seen again as are unverified <laughs> but um totally believable on this showing i mean he just watched him walk past him and win a header yeah <sighs> and and it's another deep ball, so there's no pressure to block the cross coming in. There's nobody getting in position to defend that. There's no goalkeeping intervention. So it's just a free header, a very easy goal to score. Um, and, we're, you know, we're 1-0 down in just over 15 minutes. And what a what a rubbish start for, for Darren Moore. Um I think the best chance of the rest of that half was was Rotherham, Rotherham's as well. It went uh, to Wing, who they've got on on loan from Borough. Is that will that be he's on loan from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he he hit the far post with a with an effort that was uh, yeah, yeah. going to the goal basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, anything else in that first half? I don't really recall much else apart from um, we're just giving ourselves everything to do again. This is yeah. Rough. Sheffield Wednesday repeatedly do. Like it's 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 difficult to talk about any failings elsewhere on the pitch when you know we do this we do this to ourselves all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, <laughs> there's just as a manager these 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 are the moments that you must tear your hair out over because you can g people up, you can organize players you can give people positions you can give them reams and reams of instructions but individual errors and inexplicable individual errors you can't plan for that you can't account for that and but mm-hmm. we're making them we're making them at least once a game routinely yes yeah so you're hoping on hoping the opposition does something similar back out of generosity or a failure on their own part um we started the second half, I think, a bit brighter than we started the first. We had, we had, um, we did miss a lot of chances this game. It has to be said, we we created we more. We did than we probably have in like weeks of games previously, mm. but just were very 
there were not there weren't like guilt edge chances, but there were decent chances here that we didn't hit the target with. Um, and unfortunately, when we then did hit the target, the goalkeeper produced some some pretty good saves occasionally. But Reach had a really good effort. Patterson had a uh, well had a really good opportunity that he put over. Patterson missed with two fantastic chances. Mm. Um, and then and then came the sending off. Uh, could have been a pivotal moment in our favour. Uh, 66th minute, a very soft sending off. Yes. Yeah, completely. Uh, yeah, the goal scorer Smith sort of goes to the Michael Smith goes to the ground with Borna and kind of pushes his head towards him on the way up. It wasn't. Mm. I don't know. It wasn't a huge amount in it, was there? But the ref was over quick as a flash. I think that's probably is a, a bit a bit of a trope of bad refereeing decisions is that they rush into the situation and the card is out before they've had a chance to look and think about it. And this was a classic one of those in that he was he was over with the card out almost before the players had got up. Um, but so Smith sent off. Uh, they made a change after that, so they brought on Ladapo, who's a fairly sort of mobile front man um to to lead the line on his own um we we then entered a period of the match called subageddon or subarama um <laughs> where we 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 brought on kachunga and harris uh taking off windass and reach they made another sub um and then we brought on izzy brown for sam hutchinson and a couple of minutes after Izzy Brown had come on, he wasn't involved in the goal, but Liam Shaw clipped a pretty clever little ball back into the box after a set piece. Um, Penny, of all people, was the person that latched onto it. Mm. Um, and I, I will say this is one of the the spawniest, luckiest goals <laughs> you, you will ever see, really. Um because there's a question of offside, first and foremost. I, I, I'm not convinced he was on, but he was allowed to play on. He takes a heavy touch, um, but caught up with it. Um, he did smash into the keeper then, so I don't know whether there might have been a decision there. That could go either way, but keepers get a lot of leeway in those situations. Um, so it could easily been given as a foul against the goalkeeper. And then it bounces off. The, the the sort of defender that was in closest attendance uh, on a Sunday and goes into the goal. So we get an equaliser pretty much out of nowhere um, after such a bizarre sequence of events. But, but a, good, not- a good ball from Shoah to start it all off. Yes, exactly. I, but I, I want to say, Rich, it wasn't against the run of play, though, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You're, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's unfair. Really. But, it, but out of nowhere... Yeah, this wasn't the chance that I thought we would score from. It's probably no. fair to kind of attribute it, mark it up that way. Yeah. And then there was much huffing and puffing. There was some more substitutions. These were the weirdest of all. <laughs> Immediately after the goal, we we brought Jordan Rhodes and Marriott on for Barry Bannon and Liam Palmer. Yes. And now, I mean, I would love to know what the formation was supposed to look like on paper because it's um it didn't make any sense what we were trying to do i did wonder if that was we've had situations before where a decision has been made for a substitution like before the goal goes in and you can't once the paper has gone to the third official 
or the fourth official, sorry, you can't then reverse the decision, I think, like once it gets to a certain point. And so I do wonder if we'd sort of made this change, we were making this change as a, there's 10 minutes left, we're one goal down, hiding to nothing sort of change. Yeah. But the goal yeah. went in and we couldn't reverse reverse path i don't know that that's the case but sometimes there has been those situations before but this was like i mean that that substitution was like the sort of thing you see from a manager at the end of their tenure when they're desperately trying to cling on to their job yes yeah it's proper cup final stuff to try and just get, get something um do everything you can to get a win neither of those players had any impact on the game Jordan Rhodes or Marriott's. Um, I don't remember us really making a chance after that point, but we did win ourselves a corner, a last gasp <laughs> uh, chance from the corner. Um, there was some talk over who would take it. And just a couple of moments that were enjoyable with the substitution, by the way, we got to see um, a kind of PowerPoint presentation being desperately thumbed through. Um <laughs> Like like a uni student who'd woke up hungover, um, trying to frantically remember what they were going to say in their presentation, um, and also the camera caught a beautiful sort of glimpse of of um, Nicky Weaver just sort of looking back despairingly towards the bench, not knowing what the plan was supposed to be at all. Um, <clears throat> but here we go. We had the corner. We had the chance to win the game. We didn't know who was going to take this corner. Apparently, that wasn't on the. <laughs> PowerPoint. <laughs> mm. um, Izzy Brown steps up, and it's one of the worst corners I've ever seen in my life. He nonchalantly curled it into the path of the first man, yeah. uh, and that same first man then burst forward into the space because everybody had gone into the box. Um, Marriott was chasing him, but never got near him. He sort of flung it into the middle of the pitch and found Ladapo entirely unmarked. Um, I think it was Harris. Harris sort of kept up with him all the way, but he didn't make any attempt to stop him running. So Ladapo just ran and ran and ran, was then allowed to cut onto his good foot and allowed to shoot without anybody ever laying a glove on him. And he puts it in the bottom corner with basically the last kick of the game. Um, Heartbreaking stuff. And <laughs> I th- I'm torn as to whether this was stupidity or a, a risk worth taking because we had a point and a point is not nothing. Mm. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, in the heat of that moment, a last minute corner, you would naturally think that's an opportunity to, you know, turn the screw and potentially turn like a lot of the pressure that we had on Rotherham in that second half and, yeah. and take it to the three points. And that's yeah. what we need. Um, it's just an incredibly poorly executed corner. And he has since apologized, hasn't he, for how bad the corner was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there was, there was a lot of Wednesdayites having a, a pop at him on Twitter, which I have to, yeah, I do have to say I was, it did make me a bit sick how, how crap, that corner was and ha- just how it was an attitude sort of thing as well. Like I, I think I said in my text to you, it was like the nonchalance of when Robert Perez tried to play past the ball to Henri from a, from a penalty. It's like 
like we're a team that has all these sort of chances all the time and this yes. is not take seriously. A certain, a certain laissez-faire attitude. Yes, when really we're fighting for our lives and that was, you know, that was our last little scrap of driftwood that might see us, you know, might see us survive the night. Um, it was just tossed away like so much rubbish. And but that's that's a that's a typical kind of summary of the season, right? Of this Wednesday season, is just so much complacency, yeah. And we never have the ability to to or belief to see in these moments that there are things that we can do. It's yeah, such a, it's such a constant denial of of like there's so many moments, especially in defensiveness, you know, which I think sorry in defending, like so many moments where it's just like, oh, it's fine, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that, like Harris did, I think Harris did in the defending, Harris did the job he's supposed to do, but it's somebody else's job to either get rid of an angle for the goal scorer or say to Harris, I'm here so you can you can try and get make an intervention. You know, you can make a tackle because if you miss, I'm I'm there. And interestingly enough, it, it's uh it's the same player that made the huge personal mistake against Reading that was the the, the the senior defender that was on hand. Burner was behind Harris or, or to the side of Harris and should have said either or should have just gone, seized the moment, pressed the man or shouted to Harris that I'm, I've got it covered, go for it. But he didn't. He didn't take control of that situation in the way that you want the defender to in that situation. You know, that's his job there is to is to run the moment and and make sure we come away with the ball or we reduce the options. He shouldn't be shown onto his good foot and then allowed to shoot. That's just the last thing that should be happening. And once again, it's one of these situations where just go and foul him. If you take a yellow card, what what does it matter? If it's a red, it doesn't matter. It's the yeah. last kick of the game. We've had it happen to us enough. Um, yeah, but just very frustrating. And yeah, that lack of personal responsibility is is so disheartening to see from 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 members of that defence. Um, anything else from that game? No, I, I mean, it's, it's a weird step up to say, to look at that game and say, well, we only conceded two goals as opposed to three goals. And that's... You know, that is a mild, very, very mild improvement. Another mild improvement, actually, but actually I think it seems quite substantial, um, is is the fact that we're creating chances, we're missing chances. Creating chances and missing chances is mm-hmm. a giant step forward from the world of not creating chances. Of not having any at all, yes. Not yeah. having any chances. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Th- that's the frustrating thing is it was a marked improvement in terms of performance. But it didn't. It yielded the same result. Um, but there we go. So we go into a much, a much more difficult game um, against Reading, uh, welcoming, uh, welcoming back Lucas Schwau. Well, I suppose we were at their place, so it's not so much welcoming back visiting <laughs> our old friend Lucas Schwau. Um, on the scene, the scene of the last game he played for Wednesday. That's, that was the start of last season. He scored against Reading and then then ended up signing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urigide back, playing right back. Palmer in at left back. Um, and then going with that sort of front three with Harris as, as part of it. 
Uh, any again? Any sort of initial thoughts when you when you were reading through the team sheet? No, I was glad to see Orihide back. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a bit, you know, a midweek cameo clanger from Izzy Brown, who's had a series of consistently poor cameos this mm. season. I'm a little bit. I'm still a little bit disappointed for him that he lost out after losing. Yeah, it's a it's a shame, isn't it? It is. It is. I don't know if it really. I don't know how much it kind of filters into um, Moore's way of playing. Mind you, we're still right now. We're we're asking Windass to play in either in the hole, or sometimes we find out he kind of drifts out to the wing. Right? He spent a lot of time out on the wing the last couple of games, and particularly second half today, he was he was all the way out on the the right wing for almost all of the game. It seemed. Is it this building? Is it the building block of? Shaw and Hutchinson. It, it felt like a more pronounced that those were two, and then Bannon was separate from that in the first half today. And I wonder that means there's only one job for a creative, mm. and it's going to go to Bannon over Brown, presumably. Yeah. Okay, I can see that now. I, that's a really, really good point. I think you're making there, Rich. I, I agree with you there. Maybe that's the weird thing that's kind of been like a. Uh, the funny thing was, you know, Freddie foreshadowing <laughs> um, against Rotherham to be that desperate in that situation and then think, you know, to, to then make that decision was kind of more acceptable midweek to, to bring Bannon off. But it's it's an impeccably brave move. Like, it is. It's something we've never seen a manager of Sheffield Wednesday dare to do. So I was a bit shocked. I mean, it was the 86 minutes, so I can kind of think. But I, I thought you would still, even if there are other players to kind of sacrifice, if you're then trying to lose some shape to remold it to create, you know, a bit of madness that you have all strikers on the pitch. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, surely there are other players to sacrifice. And I mean, it. you know, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I, I, I don't naturally blame more for the, the corner situation. No. But it's it's so funny that it's like, well, we we naturally just thought Bannon would take all the corners. So if there's no Bannon, everyone's looking around being like, who what what now? Yeah, it's interesting because just looking at the the kind of average player positions for the Rotherham game, Bannon was actually our furthest forward player. Um That's that's insane. I mean, because I I was trying to wonder and trying to think back about this. Someone like, what is you know, Bannon's had a pretty moderately okay season which has been disappointing for his standards i think we can Mm. kind of easily kind of attest to that overall as a whole yeah but then you know i I think there's naturally been a whole thing with bannon where it's like i don't know if he has the confidence sometimes to be a player in the hole and to be a player kind of creating things in and around the box you know just outside the box i should say yeah you know kind of advancing marauding but I I know that I know that he has talents and he I don't know if it's naturally quite his role, but he still, yeah. can still do a job in those situations. And I think there's been times when I think definitely early Bannon at Sheffield Wednesday, he was absolutely full of himself and just just having a real fun time. Yeah, you know, up up um, in and around the you know outside the box. So I can kind of see that. But then typically I know. With a lot of Wednesday, and uh, and this is an interesting thing. One of the things that I was kind of a bit concerned about, about more I didn't bring up, was 
I'm going to try and stay very open-minded about this because I understand that what we've been trying to do hasn't been working, which is long ball, hoofed up to Patterson as the target man. We don't win yes. the first ball. We very, we very, very, very rarely win the second ball, which basically yeah. is zero point zero one percent, whatever it is, something that's so yeah. infinitesimally small. So, like, I know that's not working, but I do get nervous with the concept of playing it out from the back, especially right now for a team that is lacking so much confidence. Um, I don't think they're particularly. They're not the players who are the most comfortable on the ball, bless them, for players like no. Lees. Burner's a little bit more adept. I don't know. If we had Van Aken playing at the back, you know, he's a bit more of a ball player. Yeah. But again... Yeah, he is, but he's, he's a nightmare, isn't he, as well? So There is that as well. There's, there's plenty of opportunities for them to induce kittens at any time, really. <laughs> So, uh, I, I, but then I, but I'm, I'm open-minded enough to say that the old way wasn't working. So we need something different. I mean, that that has been something that's been, it's been mildly refreshing against Rotherham and still today against Reading as well. Is that there has been designed to play out from the back, and it's not, it hasn't looked terrible. But then no. my my large memories of this, Rich, was playing like this under Jos Lukai and yes. Cameron Dawson doing his lawn bowling. Out, you know, putting the ball out to, you know, trying to get it close to the jack as possible, the jack being Tom Lee's. And then we get pressured and then we lose the ball and we all get very nervous. And I don't know, it felt like six out of 10 times we would concede from that situation. Yeah. So historically, it does make me a little bit nervous. I'm going to, I'm going to have to admit, I have been a bit surprised that it's worked as well as it has. But still, there were moments against Rotherham. There were a couple of moments where, Wild Smith was caught out and had to clear it out for a throw-in. Well, the, the yeah, the Rotherham game was where he did the weird thing where he like tried to sort of drop a shoulder and he did a weird move where like he tried to roll the striker and then ended up just kicking it straight out of play because he remembered he wasn't very good at that sort of thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting prospect and the other thing is have we just got away with it for these two games because it's so unexpected if you were preparing for us this would not have been a glimmer in the game plan that Sheffield Wednesday would play out from the back it's not our uh, known chink in the armor is it really no but if you are if you're Norwich or whoever from next week onwards you look like oh the last two games they played out from the back and Wildsmith looks shaky and Tom Lees has got, you know, you suddenly are briefed for it and that's going to be part of the tactics going forward. So it's how do we cope when it's not an unexpected twist on on what we do? Um, no, it's intriguing, but I, I, I think, as you say, broadly, um, we've, we've done a full calendar year and, and change of hopeless long ball, um, hopelessly ineffective long ball. So, if we swap that for hopelessly ineffective <laughs> passing out from the back, then it's not a it's not a great thing. Um, but it's also we're not we're not worse for it. I imagine. <laughs> no, no, it uh, it can't. <laughs> it does feel like an improvement. Yes, it does. Yeah. You know. Um, so in terms of this this game, once we sort of get into things. This was a, this is always going to be a very tough game of football. Reading are they're a good team. They are generally they're doing well in the league. Um, they score a lot of goals. They're maybe the top 
the second top goal scorers in terms of uh, goals or second or third. Um, and they've got those like runny guys. Have you, do you know about these, Luke? Like, people that like get the ball and like run with it. They move around as well. It's weird. Like what you're supposed to do is stand and like hold your hips like a pregnant woman and just watch the ball go by. But these guys are odd. They're like want the ball and move around and take people on and do tricks and things. <laughs> um, the first, we had a bit of a let off in the 12th minute. Uh, Semedo had a shot after a, Lee's, it was a fairly sort of tame cross, but Tom Lee's sort of flicked it to the back post yes. and made it better than yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Palmer blocked. There was the usual calls for handball, but it was it was not handball. It was no question of handball, really. But it's just that's what happens. But obviously, trust players. You got to go by players' reactions. That's what stupid commentators say. Um, <laughs> they don't cheat and claim for absolutely everything all the time. No, no, they're good, honest folks. <laughs> um, I mean, we almost had a unicorn, didn't we? We almost had a headed goal from Barry Bannon. Uh, that was sort of 15 minutes in. If he had, maybe if he'd tried, he could have had a header. And um, and if he'd connected, it might well have gone in, but it was well defended at the far post uh, after a good Uruguide cross. Mm. That was some really uh, good work on the right as well. Yeah. I liked him roaming up and down that flank. It was mm-hmm. uh, it worked pretty well. I was less pleased with Harris today. I, I thought... I thought he ran himself into trouble an awful lot and, and made some bad decisions. But I liked I liked Origide sort of t- seizing those opportunities when they were there. Um, and that's where our best chance of the game really came. Uh, Bannon, uh, uh, um, yeah, Bannon didn't get the header. It was it was headed out of play and we got the corner. Uh, Harris hit a bad corner first and foremost, but it was... Um, he got another chance and on the second chance it was a great corner to the back post Tom Lee's got got up really well and hit the bar with it um we then got another bite of the cherry and again Tom Lee's got up really well at that far post but apparently this time he'd uh, he'd fouled his man but so whilst Patterson did actually put the ball in the net it didn't mm. count unfortunately um but again it's this what we're talking about I mean we're having chances we're making chances that's a good deal better than where we've been and and for half an hour I was quite enjoying the game of football I was watching they're a good team we're not a good team but we were doing enough Uh (laughs) we're a bad team but we were not looking embarrassed to be on the same pitch as them Um, but then I think I think the, the the goal the red card the penalty is the downfall of this trying to play out from the back because Berner's, Berner, rather than doing probably what his instinct is and doing a big clearing header, tries to chest it down for Hutch. He misses him. And then instead of clearing the ball, he tries to trap the ball back to Hutch. He misses him by three feet and <laughs> plays the ball in behind for Pushkas, who, not a quick player. Um, we then watch this sort of glacier-paced um chase happen where Borna just about as slow as Pushkas chases after Pushkas uh, and eventually when Pushkas starts to think about what his finish might look like Berna catches up and runs through the back of him clumsy yeah error on error on error 
Just one question. Did you think Palmer was close enough that yes. it maybe shouldn't have been a red? Yeah. Yeah, but it's really, really foolish from Werner. Like it it's is needless. It is impeccably needless. I I I think it's justified. Like, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I think I tend to as well. But uh, I just wondered on on what on maybe the sixth replay, I was like, is Palmer close enough to? Yes, I I can see your point. So I can see the argument that it's not a red. I don't know if I'm just you know just getting the you know trying to whip myself you know getting the razor blades ready to just you know do some self harm as a Wednesdayite, but maybe it more comes from that that like I feel the need that Burner needs to be punished because it was yeah. really, it was really ridiculous. Like I don't I don't know what he's thinking in that moment. I don't know if it well I don't know. First of all, I don't know is he thinking? Probably not. It's it's blind panic, isn't it? Because it's blind it's, panic. It's not a given that Pushka scores from there. No, He'd already, not at all. A couple of minutes before, he'd actually had a shot from that same sort of range and just hit it straight at Win- uh, at uh, Wildsmith in the goal. Mm. Um, I thought Wildsmith's angling was fine. Puskas is a good player, so. but but I yeah exactly. I don't think it was a formality. I'm also wondering if like it seemed an eternity for Puskas to take. He wasn't even going to get a bite of the cherry at that point. It wasn't like oh he's going to pull the trigger at this moment. He no. had like another couple of seconds. I well, don't he was know like much... turning his body to take another touch, wasn't he? I, I, whether that was to create an angle or or what, but it would have meant another couple of steps for Palmer to close him down. It would have meant another couple of steps for Wildsmith to to gain Position. on the situation. Yeah, yeah. I I thought there was it, it wasn't. Burner was in a situation of teach you know treating this moment like it was a formality. Yeah. Like so, the only thing I can think about is is either not thinking at all, and he's acted out of embarrassment, shame, rage. Yeah. Or he is thinking, and he's thinking, I can, I can do this to take a penalty, you know, to take one for the team, and then it's not a formality that they score from the penalty. He may have been told he should have taken Ladapo out midweek, and then in right. that case, Ed is like, oh yeah. I've got that's, to take him out now. That's very true. That's very true. Um, that, that, that's not out of the question, is it, in terms of the, the sequence of events? Mm. Uh, and obviously, the natural thing you do, we're down to 10 men, we're a goal down, sub the captain. That's what you do, isn't it? Classic move, bring on a left back, take off your only creative player in the whole team. Jobs are good on. Of course, your next move is night in my orifice. First move is put a pawn in your mouth and try and swallow it whole and choke up, <laughs> choke on the pawn. Choke on the pawn. <laughs> and I, I can I just say as well with Berner, Berner going off, Berner ripping his shirt open. Oh yeah. Uh, my note was Hulk Tosh. <laughs> Lovely stuff. I'd like to build on that in something that works well. Tosh isn't a uh, Tosh isn't a verb. Really, that's the problem with that one. But uh, yes, I don't know why should I why should I give any more efforts to Sheffield Wednesday Football Club? Um, interestingly, sort of the next moment of note was was really Reading making their own inexplicable m- mistake defensively. Kind of thirty eight minutes in, this so it was um, a very loose pass where we looked as surprised as them that they'd 
so tamely given us the ball. Um, and after some deliberation, you know, mental deliberation, uh, Patterson sort of pushed forward till all of the options ran out and thankfully got fouled, which meant we had a chance from a free kick. Mm. Um, and we had the prospect, you know, is this going to be a wind-ass effort into the um, the far post or the near post, sorry, or is this going to be Penny? Is Penny going to hit it? Um, and after much deliberation and heated discussion uh, about who would take the free kick, Windass just runs up and smashes it straight in Patterson's ball. <laughs> I was like, poor Patterson. Poor Patterson. He was really, really taking the hits today. I mean, he couldn't have been more spot on if he'd aimed it there. Yeah. Did you find it weird with that free kick? We t- Did we take that free kick back from where it was? Maybe a little bit, yeah. It seemed like a good two feet back from where it was because it was just outside the box, right? Well, they always say it's too close to get it up and over, so sometimes you do want a little bit of distance. I get that, yeah. but I... Especially if you're going to just smash it straight into Patterson's balls. You need to... <laughs> Need to get that angle just right. Right. If it was, so you're saying if it was closer, he would have smashed it into his shins. That's why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Trumpy bomb was like, no, no, let's take it back a few yards. I can really raft it, <laughs> raft it into Patterson's. Yeah, but, but by up and over, we mean the knees in this case. <laughs> he, he did that four oh. two back to get up and over the knees and into straight into the crotch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was kind of it for the first half for me anyway I don't have any other notes from the first half um, there was a really d- disappointing moment uh, well I, I do want to say as well just as a note to you know the poor boogers at Wednesday that I follow <laughs> you know Rob O'Neill and John Pearson do a lot of thankless work I know they paid for it but it's, <laughs> it's depressing <I> <laughs> It's really depressing to be in the position to talk about Wednesday being so abjectly poor. Just a note for them. Uh, one thing I'd like for next time, Rob O'Neill, please stop announcing that Wednesday are playing out of trouble when we still have the ball in our defensive third. Of the <laughs> we are a lot more comfortable with doing it. I think that was one of the positives today. But still, yeah. but still, let's let's really wait until we've got it around the halfway mark. You know, halfway mark at a bit half. Yeah, you know, um, Rob had a real uh, stunk on for Richards today. He really like didn't miss a chance to heap praise on their left back. Really, <laughs> really an ongoing theme. He's really stood out today. He's looked very good every time he's had the ball today. He's really looked the business today. We don't. He's the last person we want to have the ball. <laughs> wow. Anyway. <laughs> So go. to go back, I didn't kind of give it enough kind of focus because I think I was too busy trying to get my uh, my piffy gag about Julian Berner in. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, one of the positives, I think, is that one day you and I will die rich and we won't have to have uh, Sheffield Wednesday haunters. Though I'm also wondering about whether we do die and we go to some afterlife and Julian Berner just follows us around just doing uh, Only Fools and Horses gags to us all the time. <laughs> That would be a real purgatory, you know. Oh, that's really a great assessment of the uh, of the week and the season, where you say, you say the good thing is one day we'll die. <laughs> <laughs> and it will all be quiet. There'll be no more losses there. 
I'm just imagining me and you, you in pur- me and you in purgatory, walking around, being like, "I tell you what, like I can't wait till Julian Bernard fucks off and we get a space in hell. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be mint. It's gonna be fantastic. Much, you know, Rich and I not learning from the fact that, like, you know, the the typical Wednesday expression of like, I can't wait till we get rid of these players, but then <laughs> forgetting that we're going to get worse players to come in and replace the players who've left. You know. Uh... Can't be, can't be worse. You know, hell can't be worse than purgatory, right? Purgatory's pretty <laughs> fucking terrible. I'm just imagining y- Yuli and Berner in all those lovely situations from uh, Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> like, hey guys, I got these crazy sex dolls. Hope they don't explode. <laughs> oh dear. I don't I, know. I, I, I was I was surprised when the chandelier fell to the floor. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was the other chandelier. Uh, uh. Turns out the watch in the attic was worth a lot of money. But uh... <laughs> look at some of the. I'm really glad we've managed to find some some moments to laugh because this was looking to be such such an abject and joyless episode of Different Gravy. Like seriously, I just had nothing. There was nothing this game to get a, any rise out of me. You know, on this it was so bad. Anyway, I want to go back and talk about like so. Could you imagine being Barry Bannon and signing your contract in future to Sheffield Wednesday, and then you're subbed off on the half hour mark? No, no, I, I don't get this. I don't get this. And then we are conceding. I I put this up on the Isles Americast because I I think it was something we were thinking and about. Mm. But I basically said I think it's confirmed there is a clause in Sam Hutchinson's contract, meaning if he's fit, he has to play because he was ineffective today. I don't know what he did, and he should have been the player who went off, or he should have moved back to centre back. I would have done that. I would have put him in centre back. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's a better option than what we did. Bannon going off for Penny. So what happened? So Urihidi stayed at right back, and Penny went to left back, and Palmer went to centre back. That's what no, happened. No, Urihidi dropped in at left sided centre back. So Urihidi oh, just, just fucking third. madness. Oh, it's such madness. Like, yeah. I really want to give... Uh, I want to, like, have faith for what Darren Moore is going to do at Sheffield Wednesday. But why you, Why have you just done that? Why have you... Yeah. Why have you stuck the rock up your anus? <laughs> I don't remember that in the Queen's Gambit. Oh, it's good. It's in the deleted scenes. Nice. <laughs> I, bet she's, I bet she's doing it with, like, her artful, coy, coyish look. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, all, there's, there's also some great 50s, 60s music soundtracking as well. <laughs> um, um, I, so I think, I mean, there's there's a discussion to be had about what, what do we make of the first week in post for the manager and what do we what do we think about for the future? I, I will... You, you sort of talked about a caveat in terms of uh, the positivity. In terms of the negativity, I would say the, the, the caveat is... The guy just walked in the door Monday. Yes. He, yeah. Uh, he had a press conference that day. So how much time he actually got to spend with the players is probably negligible. So he didn't even get to chill on Tuesday, did he? <laughs> he didn't. No, he didn't. Though. Um, but so you got the, you know, you and then we had, you know, so we probably we probably had a plan for the match, and he whether he changed that or not, we don't know. But I, I would guess by and large, probably just followed the same plan that had been laid out. Um, 
the big for me the big test is what does what does it look like we've got we've got the luxury the very very rare luxury of a week now till the next match um what does what do we look like after that week after he's had a chance to actually work with players on the training ground and do more than recovery and and match prep uh that's the big moment the big question because th- there are there've been a lot of weird choices made and I, I'm I'm genuinely fascinated by the Hutchinson situation. Uh not just in these couple of games, but him coming back. If we there's so many rumors about what goes on around this club. And one of the persistent ones is that Chansiri has a hand in who gets picked. Um and Hutchinson being put out in the cold by two different managers and let go by one of the managers, then brought back Mm-hmm. makes me think that he's Depp John's buddy. And it might be that there's a clause, or it might just be that the chairman is insisting he plays. Either way, it's bad. It's bad for the club. It's bad for us. It, it should be bad for Sam Hutchinson, but obviously this is, he's making, you know, his deal is pivoted towards him, him making appearances as he so glee- gleefully told us in his, uh, you know, cat that got the cream press conference. But, you know that of course he feels pretty smug walking in the door if you're the if you're the chairman's pet and you've got to play and you get to play where you like so despite the fact that your legs have gone and you can't find a successful pass you get to play midfield because that's where you want to play that cannot help anything in the dressing room it can't doesn't help the team mm. that Sam Hutchinson is playing midfield I mean, we talked about last week. I looked at the statistics. Sam Hutchinson had a 55% success rate of his passing last week. For a midfielder who mainly just sort of rolls it to the guy next to him, that mm. is disgustingly bad. It's incredible that it's that bad. Um, but, you know, oh, well, plays the next two games. Automatic start, first name on the team sheet. It's This is a weird situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> now that it seems Bannon goes first before him, I don't know what to think. I mean, that is wild. But also, Bannon wouldn't be the first one to sign a new contract that then never gets played. If you remember Penny, there was a clamour to get him his contract, signs a new contract, didn't play. Uruguide, clamour to get him a new contract, signs a new contract, doesn't play. So are we signing them up to terms that we're so unhappy with that we kind of like spitefully keep them out of the team? I don't know. I mean, there's just, who knows? I know. I, I hate the fact that I have to just come on and be like, what? I don't want to be like a Wednesday fan who's like Alex Jones. Yes, yeah. You know. Exactly. Anyway. Sam Hutchinson was- is turning the frogs gay. <laughs> anyway, the the thing, I, the the funny thing I wanted to bring up from the first half. Did you enjoy that moment when Patterson um, he went for a ball that was coming up in the air to him, challenging for it? I think it was in the first half in the Reading in the Reading half, and he blatantly fouled the guy guy and should have got a yellow. And then he managed to save his skin by getting up and pretending that he was headbutted. Did you enjoy that moment? <laughs> I did. Yes, uh, there's a couple of lovely little um, moments like that from from Patterson today. Just it's a plugging away at a thankless task. He's uh, he's got to make his own. He's got to get his own enjoyment out of things. <laughs> As JB Smooth says in his uh, in his 
WTF interview. You've got to turn your own self on. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I mean, predictably, Reading rattled out of the blocks start of the second half. Um, mm. We almost had an Origide own goal. Uh, Joao hit the hit the sort of post or the bar. I can't quite remember what it was. It, but it was I a know. sort of I know. improvised volley sort of idea. That just the sheer sight of Origide screwing the ball like <laughs> it was some fucking trick shot on a pool table <laughs> behind so needlessly just made my heart sink. No, I, 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 still think, don't think I think knows what happened. No, no, I think a lot, Rich, about your comment about how you know Wednesday continually, you know, just give ourselves so complacently and calm for calmly, just give ourselves so many worrying situations, just needless corners that we concede, and that yeah. that was just the the that was the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Yes, yeah. It really was from Rohide. That was so poor. And then the fact that we just, the corner then, Jao just, you know, notching onto the bar so effortlessly, beating yeah. his first man. So complacent at the back. It's just, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm weirdly apathetic, but it, it, I do still find moments that this team do iron me and upset me, really. Um, yeah. And again, this, this really novel thing that Reading did, um, I think it's called coming out and in the second half and realizing that they're ahead and the job's only half done. <laughs> really, really, um, you've got to watch Cheating, this Reading team, guys. They're, <laughs> they're, uh, they're really light years ahead of uh, how much of the football we've seen at Hillsborough. <laughs> so they looked at all the game. So, so here's a new thing I want to talk about, Rich. You know, there's a phrase about the wounded animal. Mm. We're a wounded animal, but the animal is a sloth. We're a wounded sloth. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it was just it was just a case of how how bothered they were and how many they wanted really, wasn't it? Pretty much. And I, I thought it was really funny that, you know, Jiao had that moment where he wasted a, a chance, which I thought was pretty difficult in at the near post. And he was so upset with himself. Yeah. You know, he took the ball and he funded it against the you know, whacked it against yes. the when it goes to billboards. Yeah. And I'm like, that passion and anger that he's got against himself in that situation. Is so much more than any Wednesday player has shown in such a long time. No. If we have players that, that kind of miss chances, which it wasn't even that guilt ever chance, that's a bit like be be calm on yourself, Lucas. Jeepers. No, but they just but like but a Wednesday player player do that, I'd be like, oh, okay. They'd just be so down. And it's yeah. just screams so much volumes about just little things about these two teams. That was in such different ends of the table. And you know it's so marked. Sorry, look, watching Joao amongst his new teammates. Yeah. You know, there's this sort of, whether it's real or not, but there's this story that um, when Arsenal and Man United were the heated rivalry in at the top of the Premier League, mm. um, Alex Ferguson walked through the middle of the two teams and saw all these like people like Vieira and Petit and um, that sort of uh, Arsenal, you know, Anelka and people like that, that Arsenal team at the time, and basically sort of felt like this is a sea change moment. You know, the, what the, the, the football athlete of the future is, is what I'm seeing on the other side here. They are, they're six foot plus. 
they could play any sport, but they play football and they've also got technical ability. And so he then said about building his his United team to to beat this Arsenal team with that sort of model in mind. And Arsenal weirdly went down a rabbit hole of almost the opposite direction. They went for like tiny technicians. So like Fabregas became the mould of their player in yeah. the future. But it's almost like you see Joao and he looks absolutely at home because that it's a team that looks and plays a bit like the good stuff of Joao. It's it's light, it's fast, it's it, they're all kind of leggy and limber and quick. Um, I wasn't impressed. Last time we played Reading, they were giving tons of praise to Elise. I wasn't impressed by him last time. I was impressed today. Yeah. He just ran the show second half, and he just looks so comfortable, confident on the ball. But again, mm-hmm. he's got a turn of pace. He's not just got a clever left foot that you know that like Barry Bannon's got. He's also quick and and tall and strong. You know all these facets to their game, and even their kind of holding guy is a classy player, McIntyre. You know he's the 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 box stop midfielder and. He's got a lovely left foot as well and turns people and makes space and picks I know, up passes. I know. Um, and it's almost like at some point we kind of followed a model that was Alman Abdi um, rather, than, <laughs> rather than building a team around Joao. Uh, and that really was a bad turn in the road that we took and continue to take. The biggest embarrassment, I think, for Sheffield Wednesday has been one of the many embarrassments I put it. It's it's not it's not the biggest one, <laughs> but the fact that we were so chock with forward talent, yeah, and then we just couldn't get games for the fourth and fifth strikers, who are now markedly better than our first choice. Like I mean, because yeah. we can think about one of those being, you know, a limited but wholehearted player in that the new you. Yeah, I I I've still staggered with what happened with new you. Because I I don't ever think there wasn't even a narrative like hey we've offered we tried to give him a contract we no. straight released him and I I don't understand what happened there I was very happy with him in that fourth fifth you know option from the bench potential starter if he wants to you know if we want to try something a little bit different yeah slight you know I I would say it's a slightly better target man than Patterson oh yeah no and we would be we would be markedly better off this season if if Fatty knew you had stayed. Yeah. And then going on to... We would have six or seven, maybe more points, more than we have now. Going on to Zhao, I mean, there was a question of his application at times and his attitude. Yeah. You know, he's still... It's funny, he's still a very... He's still a very lackadaisical player. You know, it was, it was really funny certain watching him. Have, yeah, certain players have... They just have that look and that gates, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can get that. And it was really funny watching him get subbed off today. I think he had some kind of, he had like a mild knock or something. There was some kind of question yeah. about his fitness. So I could see why they were kind of, and he, it was just really funny watching him saunter off the pitch, just slowly, yes. slowly extra, extricating his gloves to say job well done, <laughs> you know, his black gloves. And, you know, the fact that he couldn't get as many games for us, you know, and then, yeah, I don't know. And then Hooper, Fletcher, Forestieri during his good spell. Yeah. And then, and then the really sad thing that, like, you know, I mean, he's done chuff all ever since, but it 
it felt that like a really sad moment for Wednesday's Academy that George Hurst was coming through in a time when we really didn't need to see if we could see if he was any good at first team yeah. level because we had such great options up front. And now all those players have gone and we're relegated to bringing on bringing on the Naka Yard, Jordan Rhodes and Jack Marion. Yeah, yeah. Windass going back to being a bit disappointing. Patterson's lost any sense of form lately. He looks knackered, Patterson. Yeah. He really looks um he looks like everything's a bit of a struggle for him at the moment. And he, he had plenty of chances against Rotherham and as you say, yeah. fitness is not the is not the issue if, if you're getting those chances. Um form is the issue and he he, he did have some some really <laughs> decent chances and uh, that he didn't make much of. Was, <laughs> I was just laughing. He reminds me of like, remember when Dion Burton always looked like he had a kite on? Yeah. Just looked, looked eternally grumpy, old man Dion Burton. Yeah. But still would turn up and do a job while getting lumps kicked out of him and had enough class to do everything around him. You know, do a really good yeah. job of that. Yeah. I get the same feel from Patterson. Just there's no joy from anything he's doing right now. Well, there was a moment where we cleared the ball to the halfway line and Patterson sort of barged past one Reading player, chased down the ball, like chased down a pass from one to another. And then they passed it just to a third player that had come past Patterson. And he looked around, like he genuinely just kind of like, it was arms aloft looking around, like is anybody else even bothered? Because nobody had moved from the box. Nobody had pushed forward with him. He was literally the only one putting any effort in. Um, Windass is interesting. I thought. I thought of the. It was a bleak second half. Uh, of the bright moments we had, I thought Windass was. He was sort of plugging away on that right hand side, tr- trying to make something happen. Um, I, I granted he did not get much joy, but the few moments, the few bright little bits and pieces, there were a couple of balls that did come across to Rhodes or Marriott in the middle. There was a. There was a. Uh, bit where Hutch let everybody down again by passing to, to their player when there was no pressure on him to do so. Um, but there was just, <laughs> I don't know how it was supposed to work with no Bannon, no Patterson. Once we made those subs, I just don't know what, what was it supposed to look like? What was a good move? What was success supposed to look like in that situation? Yeah. Marriott did have maybe his brightest moment in a Wednesday shirt. He sort of ran... <laughs> 10 yards and then put a shot really tamely wide but that's it's probably the best thing he's done since his first touch in a Wednesday shirt which was that volley that went wide oh well, I thought that was the one he took on the angle and they tried to almost clip it into the corner that's the yeah yeah <laughs> there's other one which um, Rob O'Neill was saying about Marriott's effort well I think it was some type of shot <laughs> yes he did he did I think it was supposed to be some type of shot. I think it is. that's what it was. Yeah, tickled. <laughs> Which is as damning as it deserved uh, in terms of the the level of effort that it was. But it is. I would say it's the best thing Marriott's done in a Wednesday shirt. You know, you think of Superman, don't you? Is it a cross? Is it a shot? No, it's <laughs> no, it's Jack Marriott's effort. Effort. Yeah, man. When you when yeah. you hit it so far wide that people start to wonder if it was a cross. Yeah, that's um, you might be a redneck. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was so sad. I, 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 I don't know. I keep getting my hopes up. I, I thought we were going to do something of 
some positivity in that second half. And then it, it just never came. I think in the 60th minute, I thought it was. Oh, the, the 59th minute, I thought there's a giant let off. Reading should have scored. Mm. There's a, who who had it on the angle, and that was a that was a shoss, you know, because it was like, it well, was, he could have yeah. he could have plowed it into the corner, the far corner, to be honest, or he could have stroked it across, and he just did the option in the middle. He did option C and put that wide, and that felt like an opportunity. Yeah, the 61st minute, I thought that was like the first signs of life from Wednesday, and that was a long throw in from Patterson that ended up to nothing, and then Reading went on a counter attack. And then I remember Matt Penny doing this awful looped header mm. up in the air. And then I think it was Palmer then did basically the same again. Yes, yeah. Oh, dear. And it's just returning hope of attack. That was around the time, I think, um, just as a weird bit of side note, mm-hmm. that was Hutchinson having to take his ring off. Oh, that yeah. was apparently causing issues or something. It was very strange. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to wear them. No. Um, yeah. So obviously, yeah, Joao got his goal, 21st of the season. It was nice play, but it was so easy. It was. Uh, he just looked so cool, calm, and collected as he as he slotted it in. I don't know that. And I don't know that the goalkeeper should have done better. I don't think it was one of those. I just think it was poor defending, good attacking, and that put the striker in a position where. He had all the all the options, and uh, he's in the sort of form he's having, the sort of season where he takes those options with uh, with relative ease. Mm. Uh, Do you also find it interesting that again they're attacking? That came from it was uh, it was Andy Yeardham, wasn't it? Yes, on the right. So he's oh, he played further up the pitch. Apparently, he was actually on the right wing. I typically think of him as a right back. You know, a right back who gets forward a little bit. Well, it's they were quite fluid. Him and Semedo, I thought at, at times they kind of drifted in and out of uh, positions pretty, pretty effectively, pretty nicely. One of yeah. one of them must have been named right back or or, or the right sided defender, but um, yeah. Really... But again, we've conceded a goal on the left hand side, haven't we? Yep. Um, well, Yeardham got the last one, didn't he? He did. He did. But that um, was. The good work was done down the left on that side at that time. Right. Okay. So, Aluko, but I. Aluko diddling, diddling Palmer and uh, zooming past him before his cross went all the way, all the way across the box. And Reading, a team who can make five substitutions and still look dangerous and still look like they've got plenty of tools in the toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know many of the names, but they didn't look out of place, did they? I don't know Tetek. I don't know Aziz and I don't know Estevez. Um, the but, much, the much old Sam Baldock up front for them. Who looks yes. like he's done nothing for a long time, but still, I don't know, maybe still a name. I don't know. Yeah. Aluko, I think. Aluko reminds me of, um, it was that world of the, um, the Neil Warnock signings. Like, I'm just going to get some pacey players in on cheap mm-hmm. because they're pacey and it kind of doesn't work you know kind of kind of works out you know yeah kind of felt a little bit like that i think he was a bit of a cheap acquisition for them i don't know i don't know you know what? I'm, I'm sorry i'm trying to bring up the substitutes here we did the same thing again didn't we we brought all our yeah. strike well all our remaining strike options on patterson did go off for roads no kachunga today though right 
No, Kachunga, no. That was interesting. And we, we took made Har- the really forward-thinking move of bringing on Joey Pelopessi right at the end. Yeah, that was that's always showed that you're going for it, right? <laughs> Let's do something crazy and bring on Joey Pelopessi. Yeah, I just some of the weirdest subs, but I I felt weirdly we had we had a moment after that. Did you did you feel weirdly with Marriott and Rhodes on like we weirdly look like better? I think we we created a there was a cross that Rhodes looked like he was going to get onto and didn't. There was obviously Marriott's moment where he had he, he did set up a situation to have a shot. Um, I don't. I'm I'm wary of the fact that they took they took Schwau off and had given up. When it went to two 0 they were like right sorted game over lads and they really took their foot off the the gas i don't i don't i don't want to dismiss any positives out of it but i i sort of think you have to consider the backdrop of the 20 minutes when they were on the pitch reading were very much just easing down to 90 minutes and they still managed to get a goal and we didn't i don't think we had a shot on target mm, yeah I, I know what you're saying i mean it's we went to two up top which you know, unequivocally two up top at one point, which we don't do very often. And and it did mean we had a presence <laughs> at the top of the, the pitch. Uh, and maybe that was the best that we looked in the game. It's just, as I say, they, you know, they took off Joao, they took off Elise, they took off uh, Pushkas, you know, and, and then eventually after he scored, Yeardham went off. It's just kind of like they were just, on such autopilot for all of that second half and particularly once the second goal went in. It was it was Usain Bolt looking around and admiring the scenery after he's beaten everybody in the first 80 metres. Mm. <laughs> but I nearly caught him at the end. It's like, yeah, but if he'd run, you wouldn't have caught him. <laughs> That's just what it felt like to me anyway. But maybe, maybe I'm being too pessimistic now. Any more for any more? No, we still had time for a Wildsmith classic where he got beat at that far post far too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, six losses in a row. Yeah, wowzers! Dizzying, dizzying new lows. <laughs> yes, um, I feel like I've we've worked you into a full, full, uh, full scale depression coma now, Luke. <laughs> It feels a bit like that. It's like a bit like after you take a large meal and then you just kind of go into a food coma, but it's just it's just misery instead. A large meal of misery. Yeah. With lashings of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> right, Enid. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the gate, this, we've had our, our, our easy run. Um, yeah. These are all tricky games coming up, pretty much. Um, I mean, the one benefit we have is we are playing teams that there is always that thing that happens in the championship where once you're not in the playoffs anymore and you can't get the playoffs, there are a few teams that go on their holidays. So we might be looking at a kind of scary lineup of teams that are there or thereabouts, but they won't all be there or thereabouts. And once you lose the hunger of being in that conversation, there is all there is always a few. Te- We've been that team, but there's always a few teams that kind of with a, with four or five games to go, the feet are up. They're on the beach. Um, 
in this case, it will be a far less exotic beach than they they they're probably used to. Um, you know, they'll be thinking of sunning themselves on on Margate and uh, and Blackpool Beach. Um, so th- I suppose that's a kind of glimmer of hope, isn't it? That that some of those teams, if they're if they're safe and they're not going to be in the playoff picture, then we might pick up a few surprise results. So that's a chance. But we, we realistically, we've got to pick up probably five wins, maybe six out of the next 11 games to give ourselves a good chance of staying up. And that does feel like a big ask right now. Yeah. But I feel more hopeful with more in place than I would have done. If we'd had the same two results and no new manager, then I'd be less... I'd be. I'd be more pessimistic than I am now. I'm still pretty pessimistic, but there's a glimmer, there's a light that, you know, who knows? Um, So anything else? Uh, Do we want to do, um, we should do, we should do, uh, were there any bright sparks? Were there any people that stood out for positive reasons? No. (laughs) Do you think anyone deserves any credit from this game? Uh, probably, probably not. Probably not. No. Actually, my day wasn't terrible, but then he did nearly score an own goal. So. Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm going to give credit to all the Wednesday players on the bench who didn't come on. <laughs> it was one of Adam Reach's most effective performances of the season. What? What? Why did we bring? Why didn't we bring Dunkley on? I, the subs were baffling. The subs were baffling. Why didn't we bring Adam Reach on? Why didn't we bring Kachunga on? Why didn't we bring yeah, Izzy Brown on? Kachunga, Reach, Brown, and Dunkley have very good questions to ask as to why they weren't on the pitch by the end of the game today. Mm. I mean, we made four subs, but of the five. Yeah, I don't know that you need how many of those we needed to make. Certainly, Pelopessi felt completely pointless. Um, uh, villain as uh, it's got to be, um, it's got to be that that grinning Hans Gruber again, hasn't it? It has, it has. <laughs> we thought he died at the end of uh, the first Die Hard, but he's he's back, isn't he? He keeps coming back. Yeah. Sorry, he. Uh, it's an. It's it's his. Uh, it's his price to take home yet again, Mister Burner. Um, final little note and a positive note. Thank you so much to Paul and David for your lovely emails. Um, little, I mean, missives like that really make this whole dog and pony show worthwhile. So thank you so, so much. Um, a big boost in these very miserable times for this football club. Thank you um, both so, very much for spending the time to to ride out and reach us. It really means a lot to Rich and I. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you, anybody who listens, really. We're, we're, all, we're, we're completely blown away. Um, <laughs> By that, the fact that anybody that that knows us or doesn't know us listens. So yeah, thanks so much. And um, uh, I suppose the only way, you know, at some point we've got to turn this 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 form around. So maybe this this next week is the week. Fingers crossed. Um, you know, best of uh, best of luck to everyone this this coming week, including Wednesday. And uh, cheerio, Luke. See you, Rich. Have a good one, everyone. Bye bye.
Thank you.